0: You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Bear with Environmental Defense Fund.
1: And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat.
0: How are you, Simone? Great to hear you uh, again. You know, I have to say, I don't listen to many podcasts. I feel bad saying that as someone who has uh, our own podcast, but I have been listening to a podcast lately and I feel like you and I could have a whole show episode or our sub podcast about this, but there's nothing like watching the crown on Netflix and then going back and and listening to the episodes on the podcast. So I have very much enjoyed that. And I wish you and I could just spend, you know, an entire uh, series of shows talking about this season.
1: We would not be very productive people, um, but we are—we're clearly the same people because I too, don't listen to many podcasts. There's one or two that I actually subscribe to. Um, occasionally, I listen to us to make sure we don't sound too goofy, <laughs> but that's not often enough. But I, too, have been partaking in the Crown um, podcast, and it's it's very entertaining, and, um, and I look forward to them. So, yes, we'll have our own Anglophile show. <laughs> we'll have a podcast just based off of that.
0: We know there's more than just the crown that, you know, in terms of content around the Royal family that we've enjoyed in this quarantine time. So in other news, I did manage to go to Celebration in the Oaks since our last episode.
1: Yes. Did Meg inspire you to, to, to pay to go through Celebration in the Oaks?
0: She did. And I will say, you know, it's been a while, obviously, like, like many people since we did the driving tour. And I remember, you know, going through it, and there are certain things I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember that from when I was young. You know, the, the, those lights, and we had Winnie in the back seat, and I was like, Winnie, look, look at the lights, and she's just <laughs> like, what? Sniff, sniff, squirrel. You know, but um, but no, it was fun, and there's a lot of new stuff too. So highly recommend. There's still several, uh, you know, weeks left. I think it goes till after the New Year. So um, be sure to go and get tickets and. Highly recommend the driving tour at Celebration of the Oaks.
1: Yeah. um, When we talked to Meg, I think I mentioned this, but we had already bought our tickets. I was in a little bit of a panic because nights were selling out very early. And so I wanted to make sure that uh, we got our tickets in advance, but now it feels like it's kind of far away. (laughs) And so we might have to make it and sneak in two trips. So um, I love what they're doing over there. And as a matter of fact, I was so excited about our conversation with Meg that um, that I think we roped her into doing a webinar (laughs) for our groups. And so I'm looking forward to that as well. Thankfully, Meg was on board because she said that there were so many things that she didn't get to talk about. And so I'm glad that we can have another opportunity when that comes up. We'll be sure to share that with everybody.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, two things I can talk about in addition to oysters and birds and that is city park and the british (laughs) the british monarchy so you need to give me a little credit simone my uh list of of topics of conversation extends beyond just birds and oysters
1: well super funny that our next guest is also an anglophile a fellow crown watcher i know she is Uh, she's also a friend and a colleague and so we want to welcome back to the show christy trail welcome christy
2: hi thank you
1: we, do you want to, do you want to make this the British show or do you want to talk about PC today? <laughs> we can go Listen,
2: I, I just finished every episode of the crown podcast. I'm so not, like it's I'm all not, fresh.
1: I'm not done. So don't tell me what happened. Okay. okay. It's so good. It's so good.
0: We, I mean, we know what happens, but yeah, what happens in the series.
1: It's the backstory
2: though. I love it. I love the backstory.
1: Did I, it was on the podcast. Okay. I'll stop talking about it as soon as I say this, but was it on the podcast where they said they can tell what episode people are watching by the Google ticks? in, oh, I didn't know this, you know, people by people's Google questions. And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, Okay. We will stop talking about that. (laughs) Christy, you've been a, a former guest on the show, but why don't you remind folks about who you are and what you do?
2: Yes, thank you for having me back, and I love the jazzy new look of the podcast. You got new tunes, and mm-hmm. it's pretty cool, so excited to be back. Um, so yes, I'm Christy Trail, Executive Director of the Train Conservancy, and we can talk a little bit about what we changed our name from. Um, I've been the Executive Director here for four years now. Um, and prior to that, I worked in engineering here locally in New Orleans. So it's still, I still call it new. I'm going to use that new disclaimer as long as I can, <laughs> but I still feel like it's new, but very fun.
1: And you grew up here and, and so you grew up along the lake though, right, Christy?
2: I did. I grew up on the shores of Lake Pontchartrain in Jefferson Parish. Um, so I have a lifelong connection to Lake Pontchartrain, spent a lot of time out there um, not just walking along the shoreline, riding my bike, taking my dog out there, but also uh, my parents had a boat. We'd go out boating in the lake and, of course, spent a lot of time at Ponchatrain Beach before it closed.
1: So, Christy, your kids are growing up here in the city. How y'all are healthy? Are they in school?
2: Well, <laughs> uh, two part question, right? So, yes, right. very healthy. We've been fortunate, um, you know all has been well uh, since, you know, the pandemic started. Thank goodness. We've been taking all the precautions and being really cautious about where we go and what we do. They do go to Orleans Parish Public Schools, which have not yet returned to full-time in-person. So they are in school. There's just a good bit of virtual learning occurring, but, you know, I got to say, I'm proud of them. They're doing a great job with it.
1: And how's your office too? Y'all actually physically moved as well.
2: Yes. So we have an office building in Jefferson Parish. We moved um, in June, which was an interesting time to try to move offices. And now that the state's back in phase two, we have a little bit of restricted access here. So I have a sign-in sheet for folks coming in. But there are a few of us that come into the office each day. I think just logistically, it's a little bit easier um, to have some access to things like, you know, the scanner and the copier. As y'all were talking about, I think it was on a previous episode with everybody being at home all the time. It's just a little bit of a challenge, so it's a little bit easier for me to come into the office each day. So yeah, there's a few of us here each day.
0: And Christy, um, thank you for noticing the refreshed intro music to Delta Dispatches. And speaking of refreshes, um, 2020 was a big year for Pontchartrain Conservancy, and I know we talked about it on a prior episode, but For those who may just be kind of tuning in, tell us a little bit about what inspired the name change, the logo change, and how that's going. It's been several months, right?
2: Yeah. So we changed our name uh, during the summer. Um, Also an interesting time to try to go through a rebrand. But, you know, it was a a journey for us. We are an organization that's been around for 30 years. We were founded in 1989, so we celebrated our 30th anniversary um, last year. And that just caused us to take a look and say, okay, who are we? What are we doing? And do people know what we do? So we reached out to several of our partners, people that we work with, stakeholders, donors, um, you know, government entities, and just really did an informal survey of folks like, hey, you know, what do you think about us? You know, we'd love to hear your feedback. And, And what we heard from a lot of folks is, you know, we don't really know what you do. You know, we know you do great work, but we would love a bit more detail on what you do. And so it it caused us to do a little looking at the inside and, and went through with the name change. And I think what's most key to telling what we do is our new tagline. So we've changed our tagline from Save Our Lake to Science for Our Coast.
0: I love that. And, you know, I think the new logo and the website and the name and everything is just, you know, so cool and, and kind of polished. And I love the that it represents, you know, in a lot of ways, the water and, and the colors there. Um, but in terms of the tagline, Science for Our Coast, that's so clear. And it's, you know, um, a, a mission that you all have been uh, driving for so long and providing so much value on a number of fronts as it relates to that important science that underlies all of the work we do. So let's talk a little bit about that science. Um, You know, we talk often and focus on, on the coastal work on the show, but you also do a lot of work on water quality. Is that right?
2: Yes. So, and that really kind of goes back to our roots, if you will, from 30 years ago, you know, we were founded as a grassroots organization to tackle pollution in Lake Pontchartrain. And it was. I mean, back in the 70s and 80s, it was a heavily polluted body of water. You all may remember signs that were around the lake that said, do not enter. This lake is polluted, you know, and that's a little disturbing to think about that, you know, the situation it was in. But working with um, our scientists, again, just kind of starting off initially with a staff of two, you know, to get out there and say, OK, what are we going to do here? collecting those samples of the quality of the water was key for the turnaround of the lake. So we were able to use that data to convince the state and the federal government that this is a fixable problem. And we did, 15 years later, we were able to declare the lake clean again. So that was a real big victory. And the great thing is we still do that same work today. While the lake is clean and we continue to sample it every single week to ensure that it maintains that status, We also do a lot of the work on the tributaries to the lake. So there's several rivers in the Florida parishes that drain into Lake Pontchartrain. And there's constantly changing, you know, dynamics over there. Maybe a new neighborhood goes up. Maybe a new business is built. Maybe there's a farm. Maybe a farm is shut down. But there's constant changes to the watershed. So we do a lot of sampling of the tributaries of the lake and try to pinpoint, if there is pollution, where it's coming from.
0: And I have to say, you know, over the summer when it was warmer and we needed to kind of escape and, and kind of um, enjoy some of the waters of our area, I did reference um, your reports and, and kind of going and swimming on the North Shore. I think it was in the Bogachitta, and it was such a useful resource that you all provide.
2: Oh, good. Well, I'm glad it was useful to y'all. Yes, we love getting that information out to folks because we do. We want people to use it. It's a great resource that we have. You know, Lake Ponchatrain is this gorgeous body of water. And, you know, from our side, we feel it's a little bit underutilized. So um, I think this pandemic, you know, it's been very tragic and hard for all of us. It's been a rough year. But the one thing we did see, it got people outside a lot more. And we love seeing that and people coming out and recognizing the lake and remembering, hey, we have this here. Let's get out and enjoy it. Or the, you know, the Boga Chitter, some of the rivers on the North Shore, hey, we forgot this is here. Let's go kayaking and really taking that time to appreciate nature.
0: So, Christy, in addition to the water quality work and the science that underlies that, you all do a lot of science and um, on-the-ground monitoring as it relates to coastal restoration, diversions, and other projects planned for the Pontchartrain Basin. So, tell us a little bit about the science that underlies that work.
2: Sure. So, uh, after... Hurricane Katrina, a big milestone in all of our lives, in 2005, uh, we decided that we would like to do some additional work around the coast. And so, again, that department started off fairly small, and now it's, you know, a team of several scientists. And a lot of the work that we do is data collection and analysis. So looking at changes in salinity, looking at changes in flow rates, you know, 2019, There was a lot of water flowing from the rest of the country down here. So what effect did that have on the coast? What effect did that have on habitat? Where marine life lives? You know, where are the trees growing as a result of that? And then looking at a year like 2020, you know, when there's just less traffic. So what's happening there? um, Again, with changes in temperature, we had so many storms this year, right? So what's happening when all that wind is coming in and surge from the east or from the west or, you name it. I think we had every scenario this year. And we take a lot of that data that we collect and analyze it so we can look at trends, long-term trends, you know, what's happened um, with each storm when this happens. And, you know, now that, you know, we're studying changes in the coast, what's been happening over the past 15 years. And then we take that data and that analysis and we use that to advocate for work to occur that's based on that sound science. So we can use that to take to the state of Louisiana, to the federal government and say, hey, we think Project ABC would be good to implement because we've collected this data and we've studied it and we think it's really going to work.
0: And that data is also publicly available, correct, on your website? A lot of times you make um, kind of some of the hydrocoast coast maps uh, available for the public as well.
2: Yes. So our website is, it's a little dense. I will warn you. (laughs) I want everybody to go visit our website. We put so much information on there. I mean, obviously, we're really proud of all the work that we generate. Um, So we put it all up there. So we've got pages full of all the reports that we've generated, but it is, it's really good data. So I do encourage all of you listeners to go and take a look at all those reports.
1: And Christy, I was reminded just this last week about a, just another program that y'all do um, regarding pipeline safety, right? Tell us about that.
2: Sure. Yes, it's um it's fairly new for us, but it's still a really valuable program. This is a program that's sponsored by the U.S. Department of Transportation. And, you know, they're looking for folks in each particular region of the country to advocate around pipeline safety. Well, that's important anywhere in the U.S., but we have a little bit of a unique situation down here because with all the activity occurring around coastal restoration, a lot of that does involve digging and dredging. And so we also have a lot of pipelines coming in from offshore Gulf of Mexico into the coast of Louisiana. You know, we're just such a huge, valuable producer of oil and gas in this state. But you put those two together, you have the potential for some issues. So... We received a grant uh, from USDOT to really work with a lot of the dredgers in the area to make sure that they know before they get out there and start doing any work to check for pipelines, to call. There's a number, 811, to call. And so it sounds simple, but you'd be surprised. You know, they have a lot on their plate, a lot of things to check for. So we put together a little card and we really, you know, worked again with industry to put this together together of just a quick checklist uh, for dredging companies um, to take a look at before they get started. And then if something were to happen, what is the plan? Who do they call, where do they start? And so it's a quick reference card. And honestly, the coolest thing about this quick reference card, you can't tear it. What? (laughs) what? (laughs) I didn't show you that fun trick when I showed you this, but it's really not. (laughs) It's high tech. Uh, I don't even know if it's paper, but it's not terrible. Um, It's yeah, you you can't tear it. You can't smear the ink on it, which is great because obviously they're around a lot of water and mud. So you want to have something that can actually be used out in the field.
1: That's that's very James Bondish <laughs> of you, Christy. <laughs> we got a very few secrets over
2: here. We can't reveal them all, but that's one that's pretty cool.
1: Very interesting. <laughs> um, also, saw just this past week that looks like y'all are trying to bring back a volunteer event in a safe way.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, we are super excited about this. Tomorrow, we're going to be doing a tree planting uh, in St. Bernard Parish. So, you know, we've implemented a lot of guidelines for our volunteers. We know everybody can do it. Um, Of course, we're all so used to wearing masks now. That's not even a thing we have to tell folks anymore. It is an outdoor activity. And if you've been outside at all today, you can just see how beautiful it is out there today. So tomorrow should be just as nice. So we're going to go out there, make a huge impact on the coast tomorrow by planting some trees so we can have that multiple line of defense all shored up.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you know, some of the most fun and uh, engaging times I've had on the coast have been volunteer planning events with Pontchartrain Conservancy. So highly recommend that. And uh, again, it is beautiful. So get outside while you can. Um, Christy, you all focus a lot on kind of education and helping educate the future leaders of our coast and future leaders of science and, and engineering. So talk a little bit about the work that you all do on STEM.
2: This is a great program and one of the ones I really love talking about, um, especially as, you know, somebody who works in the STEM field every day. Uh, but we have on staff two full-time educators. And what those folks do is work with the K-12 through community all throughout Southeast Louisiana to try to not only educate them on what we have, the resources we have here with our coast and our state, Uh, but why it's important. Why is it important to Louisiana? And why is it important to the rest of the country? So our STEM program works with, you know, K through 12 students all throughout the region with teachers, with students, really educating them on, you know, what do we have here in Southeast Louisiana? Why are we so unique and different? And why is it
1: so valuable?
0: And you all, oh, go ahead, Simone. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you all have a lot of resources that you put on your website as well for educators.
2: Yes. So what we've really been working on this year is trying to get some good toolkits on our website for educators. So, you know, 2020, again, lots going on this year, but it has really forced us to get a lot more of our materials on our website and to be able to use virtually. And I got to tell you, it's presented some really cool opportunities. You know, we are the majority of our staff are scientists, right? So we go out in the field, as I talked about, we love to collect samples and data. We like to touch things and touch the water and touch the trees. And so one of our favorite things was to bring students out there so they could see it and touch it and appreciate it. And it's been a, obviously a challenge to do this year. We've always resisted trying to do virtual learning because we see such value in you know getting out and touching nature, however, Now we're able to connect with scientists real time out in the field because we've just, you know, leaned so much on technology with uh, a lot of these virtual engagements with Zoom and Google Meet and Facebook Live that we can really engage a classroom full of students with a scientist out in the field real time. And that's just something we hadn't done before, but it's been really fun this year.
1: And Christy, did you uh, mention your St. Bernard work? We want to talk about that.
2: Yes, so we have a new grant um, from NOAA, and we're really excited about this. It got started earlier this year. So this is working with all of the seventh grade students in the St. Bernard Parish School District. Um, And it's a lot of professional development for educators on watershed literacy. So we work with the teachers. We've set up all these professional development uh, webinars with them. We After they have the webinar, we put the toolkit on our website so they have access to it after taking the webinar and really learning more about it. And we're really trying to guide them to create kits, a kit of our educational programming that they can share with their students, you know, for years to come. So one example is we did a webinar on the multiple lines of defense strategy. Uh, so really, you know, educating the educators of the seventh graders on what is multiple lines of defense and, you know, why should these students learn about it? And then helping the educators put together a kit of what they're going to really show their students when they get into the classroom. And it's been a lot of fun. We've gotten a lot of really good feedback from it. Um, just working with the teachers and the students, it's still new for us, but I think it's having a really big impact.
1: Um, can we talk about the sister lighthouse on the North Shore?
2: <laughs> yes, I was just there is last the night, correct, actually. Is that
1: the correct terminology? <laughs> Are you a sister light? Or, how does that work?
2: <laughs> I mean, I call it that. I don't know if they would, but <laughs> I like to call it that. So, yes, I was actually there last night. Um, there's a museum at the mouth of the Chifuncta River. Um, and interestingly, that lighthouse, it's a more of a tower structure. Um, and it's crumbling. It's crumbling into Lake Panchatrain And it's, you know, a victim of subsidence and sea level rise. So St. Tammany Parish is actually um, securing some grant funding to try to shore up the lighthouse so that it doesn't crumble away because it's just a beautiful structure that needs to be there for people to see. Um, Next to the lighthouse, there is a museum. uh, They talk about a lot of the maritime history of the area. It's a really beautiful site. So yes, we call it our sister museum because we love to do events over there. They come to us a lot. So (laughs) we're just going to keep that name for them. (laughs)
0: speaking of your lighthouse, I mean, you all are still open and there's still time if people need to get, you know, their Christmas and holiday presents that they can go and shop local at the Lighthouse Museum, right?
2: Yes, we have the New Canal Lighthouse Museum at the end of West End. It's open. Uh, You can come in and you can browse and buy some great local gifts, especially with some lighthouse iconography, Uh, especially, you know, we have a lot of folks who are really interested in lighthouses. But we also sell all of our materials online. So you can go to our website and make purchases for stuff online and we will mail it right to you.
1: So Christy, what are you looking forward to in 2021? Well, 2021? That sounded yes. wrong <laughs> coming out my mouth. Yes. <laughs> I know.
2: I know. I was listening. I was listening to the uh, y'all's previous podcast and I think Shock opened it with um. Okay, it's December. We have one more month of 2020 to go. <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, I can't Are believe we're finally here." I know. Um, so, yes, I'm just looking forward to it being 2021. Period. That's what I'm looking forward to. But mostly, <laughs> we do we do have some great events planned. Um, you know, assuming that we can do these safely and um, under all the guidelines, but. We are planning to host a movie night out at our lighthouse uh, at the beginning of next year. It will be a hundred percent outdoor activity. We're going to have everybody spaced out in you know, taped off areas outside. But we've got a giant inflatable projector looking out over the sunset of Lake Pontchartrain while you're watching some of your favorite movies. It's going to be a super fun event. So I can't wait till it gets started.
1: So, so Christy, how can folks help support PC? What can they do to help the organization?
2: Well, we have lots and lots of ways. Um, The event that we have coming up, our movie night, we are seeking sponsors for that. So that would be a great way to support us. And with a little bonus, help get your name out there, right? So we will obviously promote everybody over and above um, if they support our movie night. We're really excited about that event. Also, at our lighthouse, we, um, you know, it's, it's got a beautiful grounds there and we have a fountain which is surrounded by bricks. You can purchase a brick to get engraved with a message of your choice. So we have that ability. You can do that on our website and then you have a legacy to leave with your donation. So that's also another exciting way. Um, And then Amazon Smile. So if you're purchasing anything online from Amazon, just be sure to choose Pontchartrain Conservancy as your selected entity for your donations. And we get a little portion of a donation from Amazon. And of course, you know, as I mentioned, our gift shop is a great way to support us and get a fun local gift.
0: I love all of those ideas, you know, something for everyone, Christy. And as you mentioned, and Simone, you were talking at the beginning of the show, you know, you grew up on the lake, right? And have all these memories of being there with your family. And now you work in an organization that's, you know, not just helping the lake, but the the entire Pontchartrain Basin. And so for so many people that have those memories and those connections to the lake, or just care about the region, what a great way to kind of um you know showcase that but to get to get a brick or something that's on the steps of the the lakefront, you know, right there um with their name. So I love that idea. And certainly the lakefront has been um you know just such a, a nice place of a haven in other words uh, during this time to get out and just kind of experience our our uh, you know our beautiful outdoor environment. So Um, really quick, one more time, you know, you're starting to do volunteer events again, safely. There's one coming up, um, uh, tomorrow, but where can folks go to sign up for future uh, or get notices for future volunteer opportunities?
2: All of this information I talked about today can be found on our website, scienceforourcoast.org. So I encourage all the listeners to go to our website. You can sign up for our e-newsletter. You can check out all of our events, including the tree planting that's going to be tomorrow. Um, All the information is there. And of course, if you want to make a donation, there's a big old button you can click there to make a donation to us.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Makes it easy, right? (laughs) right. (laughs) So Jacques, do you have a fun question for Christy?
0: Um, You know, I think I'll mix it up a little bit. I know in the month of December, we like to focus on Christmas, holiday movies. Um, I think I'll go with your favorite Christmas carol or song. Let's let's mix it up.
2: Mm. Well, I gotta tell you, I love local musicians, and you know who has a really great Christmas
0: album? Benny Grinch in th- the bunch. Oh, <laughs> I I think I know, but is it is it Harry Connick Jr.
2: my girl big frida has a great holiday album
0: (laughs) i love how we all we all like (laughs) added ourselves there but like you know our favorite local musicians but big Frida, i I have have, not heard big frida
2: but big frida i gotta tell you it's amazing so take a listen if you haven't heard it yet
0: Okay, well, I'll have to check that out. And I think Harry Connick Jr. was top of mind because I was texting with a friend <laughs> in California who says he loves Harry Connick Jr.'s holiday uh, album. So, yeah, but it will awesome. definitely check out Big Frida. What about you? So what was your suggestion, Simone?
1: Well, I went with Benny Grunch and the Bunch. That's not my favorite. You <laughs> <laughs> not get me wrong. Um, so I do, I do have a funny story. So um, I grew up in Homa and went to a Catholic school. And our principal, who was uh, a sister, um, Every every year during Advent, um, we we prayed, but she would sing, "O come, O come, Emmanuel." over the intercom system. And if you were a child of St. Francis de Sales and Houma, Louisiana, that song is ingrained in your head. And so still to this day I text some very good childhood friends of mine and I'm like, oh come o come Emmanuel Mass this weekend it's back. <laughs> so so ours has a, a little bit more faithful connection than Big Frida.
0: <laughs> I will say I will say though that um Ocoma, o come Emmanuel is also one of my favorites. And I tend to be one of those that, you know, and we've had this discussion about, you know, Catholic school. When you go to Catholic school, like we did, you know, there are those go to songs that are just ingrained in your memory forever. And so my friends and I like to text every now and then our favorite um, Catholic school songs, but certainly for Christmas too. And Ocoma, o come Emmanuel is one of those. There's a Mannheim steamroller version that's very good of Ocoma, o o come Emmanuel. I don't know if you know that. Um, but yeah.
1: What Jacques is not telling our listeners is that they actually, those Catholic songs come up on his most played list. And so that's how ingrained they are in Jacques's head is that it, it is um, on top of his charts.
0: Yeah, there's nothing like uh, running. Yeah. Uh, to some of the old school Catholic songs. So yeah, well, that's fine. I will say um, yeah, I have a range of different Christmas music that I like. I don't know, we'll see. I feel like every year it's a different, um, different one. So, but that's great. And oh, that was what I was gonna say. So Celebration in the Oaks. Um, one of my favorite kind of childhood or memories I have is, you know, when the news, local news would play the 12 acts of Christmas, right? And I always love seeing that um that performance on the news.
1: I uh, dig tax as sexy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we're, list- we're driving through Celebration of the Oaks and um, listening to the radio station that accompanies the the drive. And that song came on and I was just like jamming out to it. I loved it. And Cram's like, that song is so annoying. Like, if you don't grow up here, you don't understand like the references. It's just like, what does that even mean? But I, I will say that the 12 Yachts of Christmas is always a classic that I, I love. and on that note it is time for our coastal stat of the week
1: (laughs) you know our producer ryan's cutting out that entire conversation
0: (laughs) (laughs) so this week's coastal stat is about lake pontchartrain so lake pontchartrain is many things a peaceful waterfront setting and the site of the world's longest continuous bridge it's also technically not a lake but an estuary that is 630 square miles and is only 12 feet deep on average. That's interesting.
1: Yes, indeed. And we want to follow that up with the Coastal Voice of the Week. Uh, Kelly from New Orleans says, I support the coast because there's nothing quite like Louisiana. It's worth protecting. Don't Thank forget you. you can, yeah, don't forget that you can add your voice, Coastal Voice at org slash restore-the-coast.
0: Well, thank you so much, Christy. I mean, you all always have so much going on and we love hearing from you. You're always welcome back on the show and we look forward to having you on in 2021. Hopefully, (laughs) you know, maybe we can actually do an in-person show in 2021 at some point, come down to the lighthouse and interview you from there.
2: I think that's a great idea. Let's do it.
0: Sounds good. Well, I hope you have a good safe and happy end to 2020 and best of luck with all the initiatives you have going on. Seriously, go, to scienceforourcoast.org and um, you know, find out how to support this great organization that's doing so much amazing work for our coast and the Pontchartrain Conservancy. So with that, um, we are quickly moving on to our last shows of the year. We've got some good guests coming up for you. Um, so stay tuned and we'll see you on the next episode of Delta Dispatches. See you later, alligators.